The Dallas Stars came into Washington, D.C. on Thursday night in search of two points. And in order to get those points, they needed to shut down Alex Ovechkin and the streaking Washington Capitals. And the Stars were able to do just that behind a heroic performance from their starting goalie, Jake Ottinger. And on today's episode, we'll talk about this game, recap what Jake did in this matchup, talk about why this win is so important for this team, and then to close out, we'll get you sent on the way with a preview of Saturday night's matchup as the Stars head down to North Carolina for a date with the Hurricanes. All of this and more coming up on this Friday episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bing bong. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Friday, December 16th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on audio only, you can follow us on there as well. And even leave us a five-star rating and or review if you like what you hear and enjoy the show. You can also find us on social media. Just search Locked on Stars on Instagram and Twitter. Now let's jump into today's episode recapping last night's dramatic 2-1 to win for the Stars in Washington, D.C. Uh, and obviously a huge reason why the Stars victorious in this game is because of the efforts of Jake Ottinger. And he came prepared to play in this game, a game that featured a packed house at Capital One Arena Thousands upon thousands of Capitals fans piling into the building for a chance to get to witness history. Alexander Ovechkin currently sitting at 800 career goals, one goal away from tying Gordie Howe uh, for second most goals in NHL history. And of course, two away from surpassing him and fully taking over uh, that second spot from Mr. Hockey himself. But Jake Ottinger said, no, not today. And that wasn't for a lack of looks for Ovi in this one. Five shots on goal, his line that he plays on for the majority of the time, and the most of this season and most of tonight, produced six high-danger chances for, and he certainly did have his opportunities in this game, especially on the play where the Capitals scored their lone goal in the contest. A little bit of a broken play, a mistake turnover from Ty Delandria turns into an odd man opportunity for the Caps. Ovechkin gets the puck in his favorite spot to shoot on that left dot uh, and had a chance to fire it away and very well could have, but likely would have been rejected from Ottinger. So instead, he opts for the smart play, passing it to his teammate, Connor Sheary, and getting the goal uh, and getting an assist, but not able to get a goal himself. So only getting one apple in this game, no more. No less. Very well could have shot it. Maybe it goes in because he is one of the hardest shooters and can definitely hit from that range. Uh, But he makes a smart play for his team and at the time put them in a position to win. But really outside of that, uh, Jake Ottinger was phenomenal. And really, it's hard to pin that goal on Jake Ottinger. More a mistake from the skaters on the team. Uh, Ty Delandry, a pretty rare mistake. He's 
played pretty well this season and doesn't make too many moves like that. I think he just makes that pass, assuming he has a teammate in the area uh, and he was just incorrect in that assumption. It came back to bite him and the team, but Jake Ottinger does not let that play shake his confidence and he just kept it dialed in from that point out and even leading up to that point, saving 45 of 46 shots, which is a season high for him and posted a 0.978 save percentage. Absolutely fantastic performance from Jake Ottinger and a great performance from him against the Caps earlier this season in Dallas when he got the shutout. And you could argue that he deserved the shutout in this one too. You take away that errant pass from Ty Delandria, uh, and I, I can't really envision the Capitals getting on the scoreboard. Uh, I mean, really, the Stars handed them that opportunity. And other than that, the Stars and Jake Ottinger mainly did a really good job of keeping the Capitals' offense in check. And, of course, maybe a little bit of extra motivation, as we found out during the broadcast that Pete DeBoer basically was talking to Jake before the game and said, hey, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history in this situation. You don't want to be the guy that becomes known for giving up the goal to Alexander Ovechkin, where he ties Gordie Howe for the second most in NHL history. And he talked about that a little bit after the game. Let's actually take a moment now and listen to what Stars head coach Pete DeBoer had to say after the game about his team's performance and about Jake in general. He had a lot of good things to say about Otter after this one. Good win against a real good team. You know, this is obviously a tough trip. The, the three teams we've played so far and then Carolina coming next uh, you know, might be as tough a, a grouping uh, for sure as we've had so far this year. You know, I think you'd probably call that a goalie win for us. Um, you know, I thought he was our best player. You know, that game really got tilted uh, against us in the second period and I thought that's uh, where he won us the game. Jake said that you told the team that the next goal that Ovechkin scores, everyone's going to come off the bench. Is, is, <laughs> I did, yeah. is, is there any like you know motivational tactic behind that? Well, I think so. You know, I, I think uh, you know n nobody wants to be part of history uh, that way, and uh, you know for sure Jake doesn't want to be that that guy. Uh, you know, on the uh, on the highlight reel 50 years from now, being uh, you know being scored on in that situation. So, you know, I, I think it was a little bit of motivation for us for sure to try and shut him down and you know he's a he's an unbelievable player i got tremendous respect for him i've watched him you know my entire career is kind of aligned with his uh career uh quite a bit so um you know to, to keep him off the goal uh scoreboard um is a is a feat and he made a great play on on the goal they scored for an assist so you know i don't think anyone in our room liked our second period or the fact we, we left Jake, uh, you know, hung him out to dry there, basically. And, uh, you know, we wanted to get that fixed, and the guys did that. He, he was playing. He was our best player. And, you know, we needed to dig in and help him out a little bit. And the guys did. Yeah, he's unflappable, you know. Um, he's a special, special goalie, special person. And, uh, you know, he's got great leadership. He's got great respect in our room. Guys play hard for him. You know, those are, those are all the... Uh, uh, characteristics of a of an elite goalie that you need a much needed high quality outing from Jake Ottinger after a quality performance from Scott Wedgwood on Tuesday I, I mean a nice one-two punch from one of the best net minding duos in the league when both of these guys are at their best both of them are incredibly difficult to stop and they've been one of the best goalie tandems really ever since Scott Wedgwood joined this team back in last March 
at the trade deadline uh, was great for this team last season and has been good for them this season whenever he's had to come in and fill that backup role and give Jake a night off or fill in for him as the starter on the team. Nothing short of spectacular from these two goalies in the previous two games. And Jake looked pretty sharp uh, on Monday in Pittsburgh as well to continue to give him all the credit that he is due. And he really is looking like the version of himself that we saw back in the spring in the playoffs. I mean, he just has a knack for stepping up when the moment is at its biggest. Of course, doesn't get much bigger than the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then, of course, in this game, an opportunity for NHL history to be made. One of the most prolific scores we've seen in recent memory on the cusp of overtaking one of the game's greatest, uh, one of the game's best all-time players. And Jake just stares that challenge right in the face, looks right down the barrel, unfazed, unbothered, and he goes out there and plays his game. And I mean, this is the kind of game where you take the momentum and you ride it for a little bit. I imagine Jake's going to come out the next game. I assume he probably gets the start in Carolina on Saturday, and he's going to have a lot of confidence. He's going to have a lot of swagger. I mean, we know what it looks like when Jake kind of gets on these, you know, upward trajectory points of the season where he just is at his best and really just seems unstoppable. And that's really what he was on Thursday night in our nation's capital. I mean, he was just absolutely unstoppable, making great save after great save and giving the stars all the momentum that they needed to come out with the win. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will continue to talk about this two to one victory for the stars and talk about why this win was so important for the stars, not just for getting two points, but overall for the entire season and going forward. More on that right after this. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by the NHTSA. Picture this. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, but no. You live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, your job, you total your car, or you kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. And that's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. I want to thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe and follow on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Always free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. We're continuing to break down last night's win for the Stars. They are now 2-1-0 and on this road trip. And crazy to think that they could very easily have three wins on this road trip or at least five points. Uh, I still believe that they should have gotten something out of that game Monday in Pittsburgh. But what a response from the team to come out and win the next two games against some quality opponents in the Penguins and the Capitals. And these last two games in general have been great for the Stars, not just for that reason. Of course, it's always nice to come out and respond with a couple regulation wins after a gut-wrenching loss. But it's showing that the Stars can come out and they can win these close games against good teams. I know that the 4-1 to score on Tuesday's game in New Jersey might not look like a close game. But if you watch that game in its entirety, you know 
how close and intense that game was. Two of those goals from the Stars, empty netters near the end of the third period. Uh, really, the majority of that game, about 58, 59 minutes of that game, were tightly contested between the Stars and the Devils. And even the two games before that at home against the Senators and the Red Wings, uh, also good points for the Stars in terms of getting those close wins. Although the Senators and the Red Wings, while they have their moments, not quite as good of opponents, in my opinion, as the Penguins and the Capitals. But the Stars at this point are finding ways to clutch out these really close and tight-knit games. We know that this team can win in blowout fashion, but there's been times this season where people have questioned one, can they actually beat some of the good teams in the league? And can they do so when the game is seemingly always on the line, when it seems like there just needs to be one big play for something to fully tilt the ice in favor of one team? Uh, I mean, even that game a, you know, a week or so ago against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Stars get shut out in their own building. And so it probably leaves a lot of people wondering, okay, this team can blow out some of the bad teams. They can win these games against inferior opponents. But are they legit against some of the other top teams? and talent in the NHL. And on this road trip so far, I think the Stars have proven in all three games, whether it's a win or loss, that they certainly can hang with anyone in this league. And they're not only just winning and being competitive in these close games, they're winning some of them. Uh, and they're winning them on the road, uh, which is great. I mean, the Stars were not necessarily the greatest road team last season. They picked up the slack a little bit near the back end of the season. But when they started out the season, they were just abysmal away from the American Airlines Center. But this year, uh, they sometimes play even better on the road than they do at home. They play good at home, but sometimes some of their perform some of their best performances have come away from the AAC this season. And you look at this game in particular on Thursday night, it really just had a playoff feel to it. Of course, you have to factor in the size of the crowd, the intensity of the crowd hanging on every single play, especially when Ovechkin was on the ice. But I mean, there were a lot of moments where it really felt like the game was in favor of the Washington Capitals, especially in that second period. Uh, the, the ice really just seemed to tilt in their favor. It felt like they were in their own offensive zone for the majority of that 20-minute period, and the Stars just kind of seemed like they were back on their heels a little bit, and they thankfully were able to draw a penalty and go on the power play near the end of that period, and that ended up paying huge dividends for them as they finally found their footing in the third period. They get that power play goal from Jamie Benn, which was much needed for the sake of the game, but also just for the sake of the power play. The power play has been struggling as of late for the Stars, not quite as efficient as they were to start the season, so that's a big goal for Jamie and the especially that top power play unit. Uh, there's way too much talent on that five-man team for it to not be successful more often than not. I mean, that is an incredibly gifted power play unit. And they needed to get that goal for the sake of the game to get it back tied. But then it also maybe gets a little bit of life breathed back into the man advantage. And then, of course, to not let the game sit at a tie very long, they proceed to score just a minute or so after. Colin Miller sending the puck in deep, at least at the time of recording this, still credited to Colin Miller. Um, it certainly seems like they could give credit maybe to Jamie Benn. I know it's kind of a, a tricky deflection play, uh, but at least at the time of recording this on Thursday night, the goal still credited to Colin Miller, who I think was just trying to put the puck on net. And sometimes that's just what happens. You, you try to send the puck on net, it catches a stick, it catches a body, and it ends up deflecting into the back of the net. But the ability to come out firing after playing the majority of the second period in their own defensive zone just showed a lot of fight in this team. And we've really just seen that all season long. This isn't anything new. This team has a ton of belief. They never really feel like they're out of games. Although, I mean, a 1-0 deficit is, 
is nothing compared to what some of the, the deficits have been for the Stars this season. But it just really felt like this game was slowly and slowly tilting in favor of the Capitals. And it really seemed like if the Stars hadn't started the third period on the power play, that the Capitals just could have picked up right where they left off, drilling the Stars in their own zone, putting the pressure on Jake Ottinger, which they certainly did at the end. Uh, but that was after the Stars did their damage on the power play and with the following Colin Miller goal. So it's not always something that's easy to do to come out in the second or at the end of the second intermission and make those adjustments. And of course, the Stars reshuffled three of their four lines a little bit. Um, I think that might have factored into it a little bit more. So I'm curious to see what the lineup looks like on Saturday night as well. And that includes the guys that have been on the ice and also the guys that haven't. Will we see Riley Tufty and Joel Hanley make their debuts? Uh, on this road trip, and Riley Tufty, will he make his debut for the season? Certainly something to keep in mind, uh, but that's something that's just always fascinating, is kind of the game within the game to see what Pete DeBoer and the coaching staff do to make adjustments, both during the intermissions, but also kind of on the fly, on the back of the bench, especially in terms of shuffling players around and just trying to see who can fit best where. And that really is continuing to be the question with the Stars lineup outside of that top line uh, is trying to find a spot where everyone can be their most productive and most, you know, efficient selves on the ice because there's some good players. It's just a matter of finding the right space for guys to be the best versions of themselves that they can be. But it worked out for the Stars in the end. They come out and play a good third period. They score those two goals and then they find a way to play good defense, but also get the good performance from Jake Ottinger. But they really didn't just sit back on the lead. They were still aggressive. They still continued to get some looks in the offensive zone and really just didn't sit back in their own defensive end and even got a few looks at the empty net. Really good stuff from the Stars in the third period. And you got to give a ton of credit to them as a team and the coaching staff for making those adjustments and continuing to fight and make changes in order to try to gain an advantage. And it worked out for them in this game. And they get a big two points as a result. Well, coming up next, we will move on from this game in D.C. and shift our attention to the weekend. The Stars heading down to North Carolina for a date with the Hurricanes. Should be an interesting one as these are two of the best teams in the league this season. I feel like we've said that just about every game on this road trip, but it continues to be true. Lots of great teams in this Metro division and the Stars are getting to play pretty much all of them on this trip. Stars and Hurricanes. We'll talk about it right after this. All right, we are closing out this Friday episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Stars will head to North Carolina this weekend, and tomorrow we'll play the Hurricanes for the first time this season. The Hurricanes are currently 17-6-6, 40 points good for second in the Metro Division, and they won their last game on Thursday at home against the Seattle Kraken. And the fun part about this game isn't just the matchup itself, for me, this is personally an exciting game because I'm going to be there. Uh, my first time going to an NHL game that is not played in Dallas, Texas. I have a lot of friends that have moved out to the Raleigh Wake Forest area in North Carolina. And when I saw the Stars were playing the Hurricanes on the schedule at this time of year, it fit my schedule to potentially go out there, see some of my friends, see North Carolina. Never been there before. So excited to, to be there leaving on Friday morning. So by the time you're hearing this, there's a good chance I'm already on a plane or maybe even already boots on the ground in North Carolina. So if you've ever been to a game uh, in North Carolina or Hurricanes game, let me know in the comments or on Twitter. Uh, what to expect in terms of game atmosphere, uh, where to get some food before the game or maybe after the game as well. I'm really excited uh, and excited for my first NHL experience 
as an opposing fan. And that's the exciting part too, getting to go to this game as a fan. Of course, grateful uh, to the Dallas Stars for the opportunity to attend several of the home games in the box as a member of the working media. But it'll be nice to just go to the game with some friends, kick back with the jersey on, and just actually get to, to cheer on the Stars. Uh, although many of the people around me uh, likely will not appreciate that sentiment, but I'm going to do it anyway. But I digress. Enough about me. Let's talk about the game itself. The Hurricanes that they've delivered on the expectations for them this season. They were expected to be one of the league's best teams, and they have lived up to that potential. They went on a five-game losing skid, however, uh, from November 17th to November 25th around Thanksgiving. But since then, they've gotten at least a point in every single game. They've gone 7-0-1 since that five-game losing skid, uh, and they are just catching fire right now. Uh, Not necessarily the highest-scoring games or the biggest amounts of blowouts, They're having to win some pretty close contests, and they've even notched a few shutouts uh, during this hot streak that they've been on. And we'll highlight some of the goaltending here in a second because I think that's going to play a big role in this game. And something worth noting, that this is game one of a back-to-back for the Carolina Hurricanes. They will have the Penguins coming to town on Sunday. So definitely something to take to keep mind of and be mindful of uh, in terms of who the Hurricanes decide to put on the ice, and that includes in Nets. And when you think of the Carolina Hurricanes, you may think of some electric offensive play over the past few seasons. And while that is partially true this season, it's weird because they rank in the bottom half, near the bottom of the list in the NHL this season in goals scored. Only 82 goals scored for the Hurricanes this season. So definitely not as explosive of an offense, but still finding ways to win games, due in part to some good defense and some very solid and efficient goaltending. And even though the offense may not seem as scary with the less goals scored this season than you might expect, they definitely still have plenty of players that can beat you. They have Martin Natchez, who is leading the way in scoring with 12 goals and 16 assists, good for 28 points. Andrei Svechnikov, 16 goals, best on the team, and you throw 11 assists in there as well. And then, of course, newcomer Brent Burns, old friend of Joe Pavelski and Stars coach Pete DeBoer. Burns has four goals and 16 assists on the season. He is new on the scene in North Carolina and was expected to kind of take over the defensive side of the ice and take over that defensive core with Tony D'Angelo being gone, and he has done just that, playing very well for the Hurricanes so far this season. And there's another notable name on this roster for the Hurricanes in Sebastian Ajo, but he hasn't played since December 6th when the Carolina Hurricanes were in Anaheim against the Ducks. Seems to be a lower body injury. He hasn't played in a while, and it doesn't really seem like he's going to be back necessarily anytime soon based on anything I could find. Former Winnipeg Jet Paul Statsny has been playing that center position on the Canes top line. So definitely something to take note of that the Hurricanes will be without arguably their best player in Sebastian Ajo, a huge blow for them. Uh, hasn't played in you know over a few weeks, but still finding ways to win games, and that's a testament to how good this team is and how deep they are all over their lineup. And, and of course, the injury is not just a part of the forward depth, also hitting the crease a little bit. The Canes have an injury with their top goalie in Frederick Anderson, who hasn't played since November 6th. And of course, many will remember last season near the end of the 21-22 season, rather, he dealt with an MCL tear, uh, and now he's starting to still deal with some knee issues. I don't think it's necessarily a lingering injury because he did play some this season, but it seems to have come back to some extent. From what I could find, not necessarily another tear, but just taking some time off trying to recover and get back to being fully healthy and getting to a place where he can play and still be the Frederick Anderson that Carolina fans have known over the past few seasons. 
uh, and you know can play to high level, but also not re-aggravate his injuries. So doesn't look like we're going to be seeing Freddie Anderson in net for the Hurricanes, but the net minding has been just fine for the Canes up to this point, especially as of late. The hot goalie in Raleigh, North Carolina right now has been Piotr Kochetov, uh, 23 years old, a relatively new goalie to the league, only 16 NHL games played in this season. He has been uh, a godsend for this Hurricanes team. 8-1-4 and four this season with a 2.01 goals against average and a .923 save percentage. Uh, just nothing short of spectacular for a guy who, again, has only played 16 games this season, 23 years old, uh, and looking like a potential goalie of the future for this Hurricanes franchise. And the backup, same as last season, uh, as this season, Antti Ranta, 4-2-2 with a 2.62 goals against average and a .894 save percentage. Now, I only bring up Ranta because I, I think if this was not game one of a back-to-back, that the clear decision would be to start Kochetov. Uh, Kochetkov, rather, not Kochetov, Kochetkov. Uh, lots of Ks and a T in there, too. Just a difficult name to say, uh, but kind of a cool name when said correctly, which I don't always say the names correctly, but I digress. The only reason I bring up Antti Ranta is because this is game one of a back-to-back, and so the question for the Hurricanes is who do you want in net? Do you continue to ride the hot hand of Kochetkov, or do you give him a night off before facing the Penguins on Sunday, and you put Ranta in net? I mean, Ranta has pretty good numbers this season. Definitely a, a serviceable goalie, but it's something worth keeping an eye on. Uh, it's going to come down to the priorities of the Canes coaching staff of who, which offense they think might be more difficult to stop, which with the Stars and the Penguins, that, that's a really difficult question to answer as both teams can score goals in bunches. But definitely worth keeping an eye on as we approach puck drop on Saturday night. Who are the Hurricanes going to start in net? And this also, it uh, could be a game of special teams yet again, at least in terms of the Stars being on the power play and the Canes being on the PK as they have the 11th best penalty kill in the league at 80.4%, while the power play, definitely not as efficient for this Hurricanes team this season. 27th in power play percentage at 17.5% this season. Definitely not the deadliest power play, but you, of course, when you're the Stars, don't want to load the power play for any team because uh, eventually if you give any team enough looks on the man advantage, they will eventually find a way to execute. And also a pretty relatively disciplined team, only 29th in the NHL in penalty minutes are the Hurricanes at 220. Uh, and so the Stars, similar to the Washington Capitals, need to find a way to limit the amount of penalties that they commit, but also try to find a way to draw a few. We finally have seen the power play kind of get back on track for Dallas over the past few games, especially on Thursday in Washington, D.C. Would love to see that carry over into this contest if they're able to get a few looks on the power play. But should be a fun game, should be a fun contest. Last time the Stars played here, Rope Hints exploded offensively, and I would expect him to play really well in this game. The entire top line, really, it doesn't really matter what building they're in, which team they're playing against, they're going to get their looks at the net. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I'm curious to see what the lineup looks like in general, where we see the, the rendition of these reshuffled lines, where we see things like they were to start the game on Thursday. Lots of questions asking going into this game, but we won't really know today, I imagine. We'll have to find out a lot more uh, tomorrow as the Stars likely will have morning skate and things of that nature leading up to puck drop on Saturday night. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in. And making us your first listen of the day. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and hit the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform. Remember that we are free 
and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. And you can also find us on social media at Locked on Stars on both Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back here on Monday recapping the game, and I'll probably try to share some any photos and videos I get of my time in North Carolina at the game just to give a little bit of insight of what it's like in an opposing team's building. Really excited. Wish me luck. I'm not looking to to cause any beef with Hurricanes fans. I imagine they're nice people, but I'm also excited and a little bit anxious to be cheering on uh, the Stars in an opposing team's building, and hopefully they can get the win so I can walk out of that building with my head held high uh, and just a little smile on my face, uh, a little smirk looking at the Hurricanes fans as hopefully uh, I'm celebrating a Dallas Stars win. But thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday. <laughs>